Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Dairy Gold Agribusiness. For quality feed, expert service and support you can trust. Welcome to our programme. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, Ashling Malloy, Chagaskin Kanturk, BNT Dairy Advisor, looks at some important uh, meetings and deadlines fast approaching. Jim O'Regan, a grain grower in the Kinsale area of West Cork, has a 2019 harvest review. Nori Norahali, Chagaskin Turk, on some very interesting courses, specially tailored for farmers, and that's in the autumn. But our top story, developments in the beef plan movement pickets and agreement apparently reached to talk, with the Minister for Agriculture agreeing to appoint an independent chairperson for talks to start on Monday. Miss Katrina Morrissey, news editor, Irish Farmers Journal, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme with an update on the present situation regarding the calling off of pickets and factories nationwide and agreement to start talks on next Monday, the 12th of August. Katrina, welcome to the programme. Now, it's been a very, very sudden development late on Friday night. That's right. Uh, big news there on uh, Friday night. Um, late Friday night, there came word from the Minister for Agriculture, Michael Creed, that Meat Industry Ireland and the Beef Plan Movement had agreed to meet for talks on Monday. And I suppose that's very significant because there had been a stalemate for the last uh, couple of days and obviously protests for 13 days. Um, and the Beef Plan Movement has agreed to stand down its protest and Meat Industry Ireland has agreed to suspend its uh, legal action. So a big move on, on each side. Now, it would appear, Minister Creed, he did make moves towards uh, some key personnel in Meat Industry Ireland at the factories to try and suspend at least some of the legal notices Meat Industry Ireland and individual factories that got so far as to delivering several solicitors' letters. And it would appear they are going to, to ramp up things, bearing in mind what happened uh, some years ago, I think the year 2000, when the IFA was served with the High Court injunction saying there'd be a vast fine, something like £500,000 at the time, if they persisted in what had been called a blockade. That's right. Uh, We understand that on Thursday evening there were solicitor letters issued from five factories to key personnel in the beef plan movement. And those letters um, were warning that unless they um, took certain actions, including obviously stopping the protest, uh, stopping filming of people at the factory gates, that they would be they would have to go down the route of the legal injunction. That was on Thursday evening into Friday morning. And then as you say, the, the bigger news I think that Minister Creed did 
definitely did some work behind the scenes. We believe he may have uh, called around the, the senior people in each of the factories to drop the legal action and that the protesters would also then stop their protest. So, as I say, you know, a, a lot of ground conceded on both sides and the talks looming on Monday. So it makes for a very interesting weekend and early next week. And looking at the press release issued by the Department of Agriculture, the minister on Friday, August 9th at about uh, 10 past eight, it appears that the minister has confirmed he will appoint an independent chairperson to preside over an agreed agenda. So it, it would look as if the beef plan, they definitely are inside the negotiations uh, ring. They definitely are in the negotiations loop because there had been a lot of technicalities about beef plan people saying that they wanted the minister to address them in a very official manner, to fully recognise they were a legitimate farming representative organisation. And it seemed uh, there had been a sticking point on even before we got to the very first step with the beef plan personnel saying they'd sent uh, several letters and allegedly the minister had replied to none. And it appeared that chicken and egg, they weren't going to move until they got some very technical response to their letters which they say they sent. Yeah, and I suppose what you mentioned there is the independent uh, chairperson, and that will be very important because everybody at this stage is quite entrenched in their own positions. The factories, in the case of, you know, they want their their businesses opened up again and, and they don't want people at the gates. And then the people at the gates are naturally, after investing a huge amount of time, effort, energy and emotion, some of them have been at the gates for 13 days. Um, and for for two groups to come out of those very entrenched positions for talks, the the independent chairperson, whoever that is, and we don't know yet, um, would be play a very very important role in the talks. Reports that there would be temporary layoffs of workers. Yeah, that's right. So we understand that ABP, John Meats, and uh, Keepak were in the process of preparing to lay off staff. Uh, Don Grana was probably the first place that that has happened and, and Don Ballyhonis was uh, believed to be in the process of that as well. I do know that other factories have already put people on short-term weeks, you know, shorter hours. Um, so, yeah, it was biting inside the factory gate as well. From people I spoke to in Beef Plan, the feedback was that if they did enter into negotiations, if they did suspend the protests and enter into negotiations, the level of mistrust was so strong that Beef Plan thought if they call off the pickets, then lost the momentum of the protests, well, then they would just be fobbed off. There would be a question of human endurance with all of those people neglecting their farms and standing on the picket lines. So in that respect, it is quite a move for beef plan to say they'll suspend pickets because they feared they'd lose their momentum and then they'd be fobbed off. That's right. Now, I would say, I suppose I I would point out that the beef plan has said in a statement that was distributed through its own WhatsApp network uh, late on Friday night that if they don't get, if they're not satisfied by the talks on Monday, that they will return to the picket. Um, They said that they felt that they had no option given the threat of the legal action from the factories that they had no option but to go into these talks. But they have, in their statement on on Friday night, said that if they are not satisfied with what happens on Monday, that they will return to the picket as soon as Monday night. 
And I think there is probably a strong element in beef plan that's accepting this situation very reluctantly. Certain beef plan people will remain extremely sceptical because of the head of steam built up. It took so long to get this uh, nationwide uh, picketing action that there are some people, they'll be watching like a hawk to make sure there isn't the slightest indication that they are going to be, in commas, tricked again, as it were. That's right. Yeah, people are obviously very invested in this. They've, they've, um, you know, stayed away from home and their own farms and their own businesses for almost two weeks at this stage. So they, they are really, really invested in their protest. Um, it will be one to, to watch over the weekend to see how it unfolds. Um, but I suppose the hope would be that everybody will come to a resolution that is to the satisfaction of everybody. It'd be very difficult to get there. But at the end of the day, the beef plan, what they have wanted, what they have thought from day one is that they want a fair price for farmers. And uh, at the other end, you have the factories who obviously want to stay in business as well. So to, to get a compromise that will, will um, help both sides move on and, and hopefully both sides would, would um, remain uh, viable into the future. Because, as you know, we export so much of our beef abroad that uh, we, need, we need the processors there. But obviously farmers need the fair share of their price, as, as the beef land have been saying for a long time. And Meat Industry Ireland, while accepting the development, they say real damage has been done to domestic and export businesses as a result of the protests. Beef plant people say there's strong evidence that many of these companies are making a very big profit and they don't see any reasonable part of that coming back to them. And thank you very much for taking our call, Katrina. And at least at this stage, we are reporting some movement and it would appear that uh, we could very well be in sight of an agreement. But Katrina Morrissey, news editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Katrina, thank you very much indeed for speaking to us. Thanks a million. Thomas Cooney, IFA Environments Chairman, has rejected Green Party calls for a reduction of Ireland's sustainable dairy and beef produce as a solution to the climate challenge. Mr Cooney contended that the Green Party's alleged continuous attack on the national herd lacked climate credibility. He said farmers in Ireland had a proud climate record, with the European Union's Joint Research Centre confirming that our dairy farmers in Ireland were number one and that our beef farmers are in the top five when it comes to climate-friendly food production. Mr Cooney said this is important, as the United Nations IPCC report published on Thursday recognises that, quote, There is a need to produce about 50% more food by the year 2050 in order to feed the increasing world's population, end of quote. Thomas Cooney further expressed his frustration at the Green Party's alleged failure to back IFA calls for a fairer farmer's share of the retail price of their produce. And he contended the Green Party had not supported IFA's call for a ban on below-cost selling of farm produce. He claimed Green Party had also failed to support the introduction of a retail ombudsman who would bring transparency to what he alleged was the profiteering and sharp practices in the food supply chain, which he said was leaving farmers getting 20% of the retail price of the food they themselves produce. Mr Cooney said it's time for our politicians to start to respect the premium product Irish farmers produce and to bring in legislation which would end alleged profiteering of others in the food chain. IFA National Dairy Committee Chairman Tom Phelan said the July PPI reduction of 0.7 points announced on Friday 9th of August by Ornua 
which is equivalent to a milk price of 30.9 cents a litre, including VAT, still leaves room for the majority of co-ops to hold their July milk price at the very worst. Despite the fact that Irish supply is up by 10%, global milk supplies for the first half of the year are down. He points to some individual European Union countries. Germany, for example, minus 1.5% on May and minus 1.4% in June. France, minus 1.6% in May and minus 0.2% in June. And Dutch milk output, still moderated by herd reduction, is down 2.7% for the January to May period. Heat waves in June and July are compounding these figures. Demands remain relatively good in Asia, South America, the European Union and United States of America, he added. Concerns over the potential impact of economic and geopolitical factors which have yet to materialise would not be a good enough reason to deny Irish farmers for several months a milk price fully justified by market returns. Co-ops will be meeting to set milk prices from next week and they should be able, at the very minimum, to hold prices at their current levels. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Miss Ashley Malloy, Dry Stock Advisor, Chagask Advisory Office, Thurstival Street in Canturk in Caddicork. First of all, Ashley, welcome to the programme. Now, very important, we want to look at a couple of uh, upcoming deadlines. Number one, it's the Hen Harrier scheme. To please remind our listeners what the deadline would be for the Hen Harrier scheme. I believe it's only days away, the deadline. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. So the Hen Harrier scheme deadline is the 15th of August. Um, A lot of farmers, most farmers have received their contracts at this stage. So if you have received your contract and not yet contacted an advisor, it's advisable to do so as soon as possible as the whole farm will have to be walked as part of the scheme. Now, approaching very soon indeed, the KT Herd Health Plan, the VET deadline approaching very, very soon. That's right. So that was extended from the end of July and it's extended till Monday, the 12th of August. So if there's anybody who's in the knowledge transfer discussion groups that have not yet done um, a herd health plan with their VET, they're advised to do so as soon as possible. Now, this scheme, the, the BEEP scheme is called BEEP for short. So... The BEEP scheme and weighing stock, and you might please remind our listeners, Ashling, what the BEEP letters actually stand for, because we have so many beeps and beams, but the BEEP scheme and weighing stock. Yeah, so the BEEP scheme came out earlier this year, it was around February time, and it stands for the Beef Environmental Efficiency Pilot. So most people will know it as they have to weigh their cows and calves and they get paid €40 euro per calf um, this year. So I suppose the benefits of weighing stock um, or the reason that the scheme is there in the first place is to monitor performance of the individual animals in the herd. Um, Knowing the weight before selling, particularly if you're selling from the yard, to make sure heifers are at the right weights for breeding for calving down at two years. I can identify potential health issues that might be there in a herd if cattle aren't performing. And really, I suppose what we've been proposing is that you weigh around 200 days, around six months of age, to show how much weight a suckler cow is putting on her calf. So at this point, most of the weight gain is coming from the milk in the cow. And this can help to identify your best and worst cows in the herd. And if they're entered onto ICBF, it can um, subsequently feed into their Eurostar ratings, so to increase or decrease them. In 17, the amount of cattle that were weighed in Cork was less than 5%. And really, it's the only way we have as beef farmers of checking how good or bad an animal is performing, whether this is down to breeding, nutrition, um, animal health or general farm management. You're reminding our listeners there about the various aspects of uh, beep. 
more obvious benefits of weighing stock. The target um, for anyone who's in ICVF Herd Plus, after they enter the weights, they can run a weaning performance report, it's what it's called, after weighing their cattle. Um, there's two main figures that are used in this. So the first one is the 200-day calf weight. So what the actual or predicted weight of the calf is at 200 days. Um, if they're weighed anywhere between 100 to 300 days old, this will come up on the report. Um, it shows what weight gain that the calf has done from the milk of the cow and the target for bulls is over 300 kilos or that they're gaining about 1.3 kilos a day and the target for heifers is over 250 kilos at 200 days old or that they've gained 1.1 kilos um, per day since they were born. The second figure that you can get from the report is the percentage of the cow weight that the calf is at 200 days. It sounds a little confusing, but it's fairly straightforward. Um, the target is over 42% anyway at this point. And the, the reason behind, um, behind this figure is that at weaning time, a cow should be producing a calf that is um, half of her body weight. So for example, if your calf is 300 kilos at 200 days, you would hope that the cow is 700 kilos or less. Um, if your cow is at one ton and the calf is only 300 kilos at 200 days of age, there is an issue there, whether it be breeding, milk, health, nutrition, and she is just effectively, she's not doing an efficient job in her calf, so this needs to be looked at. When we talk about weighing cattle, obviously scales, and to clarify the situation with scales, so to sum up, how can farmers access scales to weigh their cattle, and do you have to own your own scales? No, you don't have to own your own scales, John. So they can be borrowed from a neighbour. Um, you can hire them. There's a, a network there through mybeep.ie that they can be hired from the co-op for roughly about €50 Euro a day. Um, you could actually hire somebody to weigh them for you um, that will bring their own scales or you can buy their own. But They can buy their own and there is a grant there um, through TAMS that will help subsidise that. Um, I suppose the, the main thing is before they're weighed, the scales must be registered and you can get that can be done relatively simply on ICBF and that there's a number for the scales. And I suppose just to point out as well, some cattle might be nervous of the scales if they've never been weighed before. So it might help to throw a bit of sand or straw over just to, or even a mat seen in some cases just to hide the shine off of it. And the other thing just to watch, especially in old crushes um, particularly, is there's going to be a step up onto the scales, a, a kind of height difference. So the cattle are going to be a bit taller in the crush. And if the bars are a little bit lower, just to take care that they don't jump over them, just to avoid any health and safety issues. You referred in passing to that uh, website. Mybeep.ie and you can register to borrow the scales from a local co-op there. That's fine. Other aspects of the scheme, we're talking about the BEEP scheme. So what would some other important points be, points you should know about as part of the BEEP, BEEP scheme? So the calves must be born between the 1st of July 18 and 30th of June 19 to qualify for the scheme and they have to be weighed before weaning. Um, the important thing, again, just to remember is that the scales must be registered on ICBF before the cattle are weighed. Um, that both the cows and the calves are weighed on exactly the same day and that the weights are submitted within seven days of weighing and you have up until the 1st of November 2019 to get them in to qualify for the scheme. So the 1st of November 19 is when all the weights have to be in and submitted to ICVF. Now we turn to late calving cows. Some options for late calving cows? Yeah, so at the minute scanning is getting underway um, for spring calving herds around the, around the country. And really, every herd has a few straggler cows that drag out the end of the calving season. They're a big drain on resources in that they may be calving at a time when farmers are more under pressure in terms of getting fertiliser out, getting set up for silage, cleaning out sheds. And they don't really have the same time to be putting into watching late calvers as they had when calving started. 
Um, it's also difficult to manage the calves. It's a bunch for dehorning, um, dosing, vaccinating, as there is usually a fair range in the calf age. And also these lay calvers, they obviously have lighter calves at weaning time. There might be a genuine reason that the cow is lay calving, such as a difficult calving or that, that spread, that spread out her, um, her cycle. But typically these lay calvers, they tend to be the least fertile cows that are in the herd. Um, some of the options to look at are selling the cow and calf now as a pair. Um, to sell the cow at weaning time, maybe to graze the, the cow on very good quality grass after calving just to get her back in calf as soon as possible. Um, you could also use a short gestation bull so that the, she'll calve a few days earlier next year. Um, these bulls tend to have lighter calves at birth as well, which should have a positive effect on cow fertility next year and hopefully avoid any difficult calvings. Um, or another option would be to synchronise the cow after she's 35 days calved. And there's different um, protocols available. So if anybody's interested in that, it might be worth contacting their vet just to see which is most suitable. Um, I suppose in, in hindsight or even in preparation for next year, um, it's a big help to set breeding dates and to stick to them. Um, it means you can calve your cows to grass growth on your own farm um, or basically that they can go straight to grass at calving um, if weather allows. And the aim would be to finish calving approximately 12 weeks later just to help condense the workload and that you're focused for them 12 weeks. Um, in terms of at the minute, this means stopping AI or removing the bull on a set date, um, scanning about a month later to see what's in calf and instead of leaving the bull running all year round with cows that may or not may not be in calf, they could be lay calvers. Um, it's again causing these management issues, labour issues on the farm and you'll definitely thank yourself next spring for it. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A very important upcoming event, mainly of interest to our listeners in the West Cork area. That's the Carberry Milk Quality Winner Farm Walk. The Chagas Milk Quality Farm Walk will be held on the farm of Nigel Daunt and his parents in Cool Kaliha, um, in Inishannon, County Cork. And the air code for that is T12X280. Um, it'll be held on Tuesday the 13th of August from 12 to 2pm. And the topics will be on milk quality, farm performance, converting from beef to dairying and growing the farm business sustainably. Nigel is in a family farm partnership with his parents and both generations are working very hard to make the transition a success. And it should be of particular interest to new entrants into dairy and for those who might be thinking of converting from, from another enterprise into dairy as well. And that's the Carberry Milk Quality Farm Walk. It's Tuesday the 13th of August from 12 to 2pm. 
Thank you indeed for that comprehensive overview. Ms. Ashley Malloy, Dry Stock Advisor, Chagas Advisory Office, Percival Street in Cantorc in Cattercork, Cork and West. Thank you, Ashley, very much indeed. Thanks, Thanks a million. John. Joining us on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme, Mr. Jim O'Regan, a major tillage grain grower in the Kinsale area of West Cork. First of all, Jim, welcome to the programme. Now, there was a perception last year that due to imports, unfortunately, a lot of top quality Irish grain remained unused in stores. Now, looking at the harvester prospects for this year, 2019, are we likely to be able to incorporate quite a large proportion of Irish produced grain, top quality grain, into rations? Would we be calling on Irish farmers to demand that as much Irish grain as possible would be included in rations and uh, animal feed? Yes, indeed. To date, the winter barley harvest has been just, uh, I suppose, on the point of being completed. And uh, yields, particularly down here along the south coast, have been exceptionally good. Uh, generally speaking, I think we have always we'll say, fallen behind uh, the yields up country, possibly due to climatic conditions. And I would say, particularly for winter barley, it, it's, it's more suited to a possibly colder conditions rather than the conditions that, that can apply down here along the south coast. But this year has been an exception. Some of the best yields ever harvested on our own farm uh, have been harvested this year. Um, and uh, speaking to, to tillage farmers, they were delighted, I think, with the yields. And generally speaking, it has been a relatively easy harvest to date. Uh, I know we've had showers and things like that, but in between there have been some good drying periods and grain has generally been got off harvested at below 20% moisture and if you're harvesting grain below 20% moisture and we were harvesting ourselves uh, a week ago now, the last of the winter barley down to 16% moisture well you're near enough to to, grain, to dry the grain at that stage but um, yields have been particularly good and quality has been excellent um, uh, I, I would speak on yields first John the six row hybrid varieties of barley now are doing exceptionally well uh, yields that we would have only dreamt about going back 15, 20 years ago, as I've said now, particularly along the south coast, uh, that have been up to five tonne to the acre, and in, okay, in occasional cases, it has passed five tonne to the acre this year. That's the six-row hybrid varieties of barley. The two-row conventional varieties of barley, in lots of cases, were making four tonne and above. Uh, now we've heard yields of maybe some of the very early cups of from two and a half up, but I think they were the exception rather than the rule. But generally speaking, uh, yields have been very, very good. I, I would say uh, some of the highest in, in my time growing winter barley down here anyway. And uh, excellent quality, good crops of straw. Uh, so I'd say people, the winter barley is just coming to a, a close down here. And uh, winter wheat and winter oats have uh, those harvests have begun. Spring oats, we'd say, will be ripe within a week. And the main crop of spring barley, I'd say, another week or well by the 15th of August will be in full swing. But again, John, all crops look exceptionally well. And I would say, thankfully, we have had an exceptionally good growing season down here. Uh, generally speaking, a dry, I would say, a dryish summer and spring with the occasional day's rain, and there were times when we might have got up to an inch of rain in a particular day. But uh, I know the first half of June was cold, but generally speaking, it has been an exceptionally good growing season. And all crops, whether they be cereals or whether it's maize or whether it's beet, they're all seem to be doing exceptionally well this year. With that very optimistic uh, review of things, 
I imagine you, in common with other grain producers, you would be very anxious that uh, new season Irish grain harvested and available, it would be used ahead even of imported products and it's non-GM. So hopefully you won't have a situation where millers might reduce the inclusion of Irish grain, which reportedly happened uh, last year, I think, leaving an overhang. So hopefully... Irish grain will be included and Irish farmers, they should ask for rations with Irish grain because you do hear these stories about feed imports uh, undermining native Irish grain, which is top quality this year and other years too. Well, John, I couldn't agree with you to more. And I mean, if I can, if we can just revert back to, to just 12 months ago, family organisations and co-ops and all were all concerned and even the department were were. were uh, including tigers, were advising growers, you know, uh, tilly farmers in particular, grow crops after the harvest to, to, to supplement the shortage of feed. The tillage sector responded. They responded in, 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 in great numbers and in great strength to providing catch crops and uh, uh, Italian grass and those into the spring. They responded. But now I think it's time for the feed sector, and particularly the, the, the livestock sector, to respond and, and decide, right, it's now time to, to reciprocate the actions that were taken by the tillage sector this time 12 months and purchase Irish grain. Irish grain is a top quality product and there is no need to supplement Irish barley or Irish wheat or oats uh, with imported wheat, oats or barley. We have top quality product. It's traceable back to the farm, uh, grown in under Irish conditions and why do you have to go outside the country to import when we have, uh, I won't say sufficient quantities, but certainly I think it's it's incumbent now on family organisations to come out now and the Department and Tigers and recommend uh, that livestock producers of all kinds would use Irish native grain and Irish native product. Grain is imported from countries where they don't have the strict rules we have. All the time we're watching to make sure products aren't banned. There's nearly always some products on the way to be banned or some deadline for using up the last of our products. But it can be frustrating and uh, heartbreaking almost for grain growers to see grain being imported, loaded off ships, and uh, that's coming from countries outside the European Union where they don't have the strict rules and regulations and all the hoops we've to jump through. So again, you've made an impassioned plea there for the farm organisations, for the merchants and for farmers themselves to make sure they ask for grain, for Irish grain in the rations. Absolutely. The, the uses of chemicals, uh, we'll we take the EU, for uh, for instance, and Ireland. I mean, there are certain chemicals now, chlorothalonil for one oak, which, which is a very important chemical for the growing, for the control of wet weather diseases here in Ireland. That is now being banned. And I mean, uh, we, we hear about glyphosate going to be banned, or, 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 or uh, let's say, suggestions to, to, to ban it. And at the same time, maize can be imported into America uh, where it's GM product, where it's sprayed two, once, twice or three times, and there's no difficulty. So, I mean, if people want a good, traceable Irish product where they know the type of chemical that is being used, where there is records of every chemical being used, well, then surely be the guy, Irish grain is the, is the product of choice. To clarify, you mentioned one product there, chlorothalonil. Tenil, yep. And as far as I know, you can still use that, I think, up to May 
2020. The, that's right. That is right, John. Up to May of 2020, it can be used. But then it's it's a, it's a very necessary product, John, for Irish conditions because it's a wet weather. What we would describe as it's one of the wet weather chemicals, and different to growing cereals in France or Ukraine or Germany or anything like that. They they haven't to de- they don't have to deal with, with, with what we would describe as the septoria. Uh, or incosporium, they are not regarded as the wet weather diseases. So chlorotanil was vital for that. And it is, you know, it is going to be a huge loss to the tillage sector, as you rightly pointed out. It will be banned from the end of May next year. But I mean, certainly we will need some type of chemical to replace that on, for Irish grain growers. It's been a great harvest Try and support the Irish grain because we had a situation for a while where the area under grain was contracting successive uh, harvests, lost money or found it hard to break even. When it comes to things like uh, Irish whiskey, based supposedly on Irish grain, will produce using foreign grain, well then... Absolutely, John. When you touched on the Irish whiskey, the industry there, it's, it's, it's a very valuable industry in this country now. I don't think its value is being highlighted to the degree that it is worth. Uh, the Irish whiskey industry now is valued as something in the region of €1 billion. Euros. Uh, the, 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 the beverages industry and the, the drinks industry is valued as something in the region of €1.3 in total. Uh, the entire dairy industry is valued at between 3 and €4 billion. The Scottish whiskey industry on its own, the Scottish whiskey industry is valued at €4 billion. So you can just see, John, that if, if we wanted to... Uh, I think we could do a hell of a lot more to promote the use of Irish grain in Irish whiskey. And it certainly is a very, very sore point to see Irish, what we are told is Irish whiskey, being produced from French wheat. And it's happening, I, I, I believe, in this county. So I think if people or if companies want to uh, market it as pure Irish whiskey coming from uh, the, the, the fields uh, of Cork County, well then, ensure that it's Irish grain is going into that whiskey rather than an imported maize. The other point I would say, thankfully, we're on the 6th of August. It's early days in the harvest, but the winter barley has been particularly good. Uh, from looking at the spring crops, they have great potential. The all-important thing, John, at this time of year is the weather factor. Uh, if we get until the end of August or the first week of September, I think it could be a very good harvest for tillage farmers. Hopefully, I, and I, 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 we, we haven't touched on price, but John, I think it's incumbent on all on, on all stakeholders, and I say all stakeholders, if they are serious about wanting to retain a proper tillage industry in this country, it's time to put a proper value on Irish grain. Mr. Jim O'Regan, a member of the De Courcy Vintage Club and also a major grain grower in the Kinsale area. Jim, thank you for your valuable time. Thanks indeed, John, for your help. Thank you. Miss Noreen O'Reilly, Chagas Cantor, joins us on the farm programme. Noreen, welcome to the programme. John, thank you. But I understand there are a number of upcoming events, quite important events. Uh, a Chagas Dairy Skills Development Course. Our objective of this course is for young dairy farmers who are actually just started staying at home um, maybe if, with mind of taking over the home farm or have converted the home farm from another enterprise into dairying and are looking in upskilling or freshening up their skills in dairying. So it's a four-day course that we are running this autumn 
and they will with the it's being held in the Mallow Chagas office and it will be going through different skills like milking skills, financial management, um, grazing infrastructure, receding, animal breeding, animal health biodiversity, um, infrastructure planning. So your farmyard planning, uh, looking at infrastructure like paddocks, um, water trucks, passageways, uh, as I say, then the milking routine, smart milking, cow flow. Um, so a lot of skills. So good few of the, the young farmers have done the green cert, um, have, we'll say, gone home and been a few years working at home. But everyone needs a brush up in their skills. Everyone needs to maybe come away for in the autumn after a hard would say spring and summer and maybe relook at um their 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 skills but also we'll say everyone it's a business and maybe to have a stop and look where am I going in my business can I increase my milk output nobody's talking about expansion has been numbers it's expansion in production so um, am I thinking of um, looking at in, in, improving infrastructure, improving uh, facilities in my yard? Will I be looking at a, a loan? Will I need to do a plan for my farm if there's going to be, um, if I'm going to take over the farm from my father or my mother um, and look at where am I going, doing kind of a future plan? So there will be that look, that look at as well. We're looking at labour, looking at work, workflow, work-life balance management. So there is a lot to be packed into that four days. And we're doing it, we'll say, in conjunction with the local dairy advisors in Cork East. But also then we're spending two days um, on um, a Moor Park farm and within Moor Park itself, looking at facilities and infrastructure. Then we'll say that's the first part of the dairy course and skills, we'll say training. Then we'll say in the throughout 2020 imagine we're looking at that already but throughout the following year then we will um, pull this group together again um, maybe 8 to 10 times during the year in a discussion group style and again go through on farm in more detail again all of these skills uh, and do them on a timely basis like um, look in the spring look at um, calf rearing facilities um, look at milking skills on farm looking at cow flow on farm again um, look at biodiversity and look at we'll say that's something that we'll have to look at and maybe part of cap down the road but be able to assess their own situation and again look at succession so look at milk quality look at grassland management look at infrastructure again over the 12 months so again it's a course that we're running for young farmers and for farmers that are looking to convert into dairy farming and it's to upskill it's to upskill in dairy skills dairy herd management could you please give us the dates for what you've been talking about there, the dates? So the, so we're looking to start that in September of this autumn. Um, and to to book into this course, um, you're to contact the Mallow office, which is 022-21936. Or you can email myself, norinorally at chagas.ie or Katrina within the Chagas office there in Mallow, katrina.tuig at chagas.ie. Our Brendan Smitty there in the um, Middleton office will also um, be taking inquiries and he is brendan.smitty at chagas.ie. 
That's great. Any other points you want to mention? I see you've got a very interesting leaflet there with a lot of data on it. Okay, so uh, we are for the autumn as well, um, going running uh, financial courses. So the idea of the financial courses, again, autumn time is when people take stock of the year, start taking stock of the previous year gone and make plans for the um, for the for the coming year. So and it's a time of year when people actually look at their financial and up trying up skill in their financial skills as well. Because look, lads, farming is a business and the book work including the financial assessment of your business is an important part of that business. So there are going to be um, uh, four days of a financial course um, that is going to be held again in the local Chagas offices. Uh, if you inquire in any of the Cork East uh, Chagas offices, which are, we'll say, in um, Middleton. I never gave out the Middleton number previously, which is 21 4631 898 or the Mallow office which is 022-21936 you have the Cantork office which is 029-50886 and you have the Fomoy office which is 025-42244 uh, any of those offices they are all going to be running um, a financial course over the autumn and really the objective of the of the course is for farmers to understand their farm accounts and control their business. So they're looking at the different financial terms, look at the taxation, look at farm accounts, helping people to look at their accounts to make decisions, um, looking at where does the money go, look at the family and farm finances and being able to keep control of them and keep account of them. So basically it's looking at the, the business you're farming. Your accounts are done every year, but are, the, are you able to interpret them? Are you able to understand what each figure means? How is the taxation bill uh, arrived at? Um, so and we'll say a reduction in milk price. What effect does that have on your accounts and on your tax bill? And be able to look at them and be able to assess them. So let make less of a puzzle of them. They're your accounts. You should be able to understand them. So it's a, it's a course to help farmers understand their accounts and all the financial terms. Is there a fee for Talking Finance? Is there a fee for any of these uh, courses? Yeah, I, the, the course fee is €100. Euros. So for, for four days of a course, I think €25 Euros per day is, is, is a nominal fee, really. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the course fee is, is, is €100 Euros for the finance course. That's wonderful. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Noreen O'Reilly, Chagas Canturk. Thanks, Noreen, very much indeed. Thank you, John. You're very welcome. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls and to the listener for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend. Next Agri-Update on this coming Wednesday night, directly after the 10 o'clock news. Thanks for listening. Dairy Gold Agribusiness. For quality feed, expert service and support you can trust. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.